0: Welcome. I'm the baseball lifer, Don Wardlow here. In a little while, we'll have a guest, Ralph Tycho. He's a host of a couple of podcasts in his own right. Now, Ralph has elected to join us by phone rather than by Zoom. And so yesterday we had a little talk, which you're going to hear in a few minutes. Yesterday was the 1st of December. And I record this on the second and yesterday Gaylord Perry passed away, Hall of Famer since 1991. He played the game from 1962 until 1983. He was an all-star five times over, 1966 and 70 while he was with the Giants, 1972 and 74 while he was with the Indians, and 1979 as a member of the San Diego Padres. Among other things, which we're going to talk about concerning Gaylord Perry, he threw a no-hitter in 1968 against the Cardinals, and the next night, a no-hitter was thrown by the Cardinals against the Giants. It's the only time there were two no-hitters in the same series. Gaylord Perry led his league in wins three times in 1970, 1972, and again in 1978. 72 and 78 were his two Cy Young seasons, one with the Indians, one with the Padres. Perry had 3,534 strikeouts during his final year, 1983. He was the third man to pass Walter Johnson's original strikeout record of 3,508. In that year alone, 1983, that record was eclipsed by Nolan Ryan, Steve Carlton, and Gaylord Perry. When Gaylord won his Cy Young in 1978, he had just turned 40 years old about the time the announcement was made. And that made him the oldest man to win a Cy Young Award up to that time. That record would maintain until 2004, when Roger Clemens won the Cy Young Award. Gaylord Perry only made the playoffs once with the Giants in 1971. And he won one game and he lost one against the Pittsburgh Pirates that year. It was a best three out of five. And the Pirates beat the Giants three games to one. So Perry won the only game that his team won. And his reward for that playoff appearance, if you can call it a reward, was getting traded to Cleveland the next winter for sudden Sam McDowell, who was a terrific pitcher in his own right, but no Gaylord Perry. Perry won 24 games in 1972 after being traded to a not very good Cleveland team. So that was his first Cy Young. And it would take another 35 years until 2007 for another Cleveland Indian to get a Cy Young award. And that one was the man I nicknamed Commander Calzone, CC Sabathia. In reality, CC stands for Karsten Charles. But listeners of the Jim Rome Show, as I was back then, had many food-related nicknames for C.C. I thought I had the best one with Commander Calzone. Going back to our subject on the Baseball Lifer podcast, the life of Gaylord Perry, who passed away yesterday, December 1st. Gaylord won 21 games in 1974. And again, it would take a while before anybody on the Indians would win 20 games. It would take until 2008. And left-hander Cliff Lee did the deed for the Indians that year. Gaylord Perry did not take advantage of free agency immediately when it started. He was traded to Texas for three pitchers, a rarity. You you wouldn't see a one-pitcher-for-three-pitchers trade today, I don't think. Texas sent Jim Bibby, Jackie Jean Brown, and Rick Waits all to Cleveland in exchange for Gaylord Perry who won 12 games in the 1975 season for the Texas Rangers. In 78, he was traded to the San Diego Padres for relief pitcher Dave Tomlin and a load of cash. And in exchange, the Padres got a pitcher who won 21 ball games for them. He was 21 and six, and a dozen of those wins came after the All-Star break. He was not elected an All-star because he only had nine wins going to all-Star time, but he won a dozen after that. After another year with San Diego, he began to bounce around as a lot of the older players did at that time. Played a little bit with the Rangers again, and then the Yankees, Atlanta, Seattle, and Kansas City. Those last three moves were the only ones he made on his own terms. As a free agent, he went to Atlanta, Seattle, and Kansas City. And what I remember about him as an 82 Seattle Mariner, I remember him winning his 300th game Against the Yankees, Frank Messer called the end of that ballgame as Gaylord won number 300. His final total was 311 wins, 265 losses, and it got him to Cooperstown in 1991. Coming up next, you'll hear my chat with Ralph Tycho, a baseball lifer like myself, a student of the game for a great many years and host of a couple of podcasts of his own. Ralph and I got together yesterday and had a little chat about Gaylord Perry and the Giants and baseball in general. The baseball world lost a Hall of Famer, and he was a slippery character. <laughs> he was he was known as Dr. Grease, and even if he wasn't Throwing the spitball, Gaylord Perry liked to bluff people into thinking that he was. And our guest was a fan of his back when he was on the Giants. Our guest is Ralph Tycho. Ralph, welcome.
1: Hey, Don. Very, very nice to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: As the 1962 season opened, uh, what kind of fan had you been up until then? And what did you think of this rookie from North Carolina named Gaylord Perry, that the Giants had brought in from Arizona?
1: Well, let's start at the beginning of, of my fandom. I grew up a New York Giant fan. Um, starting in 1951, my grandfather would take me to games at the Polo Grounds. And um, I, um, the first game I, I saw at the Polar Grounds, Willie Mays hadn't even been called up yet. And um, so I was like four and a half, five, and taking it all in. And um, cut, cut a little bit to 1962. By then, the Giants had uh, carpet-bagged to San Francisco and uh broke my heart. I was left uh for 5 years without a rooting interest. Um I followed the Yankees very closely, but it wasn't the same. And uh, in 1961 the uh Mets were born. They weren't uh they didn't play until 62. Um And I became an an avid Mets fan, but there was something there. uh, Even though they jilted me, I um, still followed the Giants um, and rooted for them. And whenever they didn't play the Mets, I rooted for them. And um, there you go. In 1962... The Giants and Mets were playing, um, in, uh, for the first time. And, um, like you say, Gaylord was a rookie and, uh, he joined the staff headed by Juan Marichal, if I recall, and, um, they uh, they were terrific, mostly a hidden team, but Gaylord was a character. And uh, i'll I'll tell you a story that about Gaylord Perry that i um, i I read on Facebook today. Um, to to get to Gaylord Perry's house was a trip. It was up in the hills of North Carolina. And this is when he was about to sign. The scout comes out and um, he had done some research. Gaylord Perry's family had this mule and um, he brought with him a a bright, shiny red apple and uh, offered it to the mule as kind of a, Get to know you, peace thing, and the mule took a bite out of the apple, but it, he also took a bite out of the scout and took off his finger. Oops! So that was the impression that the the uh, the Perry family uh, made on the scout, and they still signed them. So there you go um gaylord perry was quite a character he'll be missed in the giant clubhouse where he returned every spring training and uh regaled uh, the players who probably never heard of him before with stories about the way baseball was and um, i know you very well you are a romanticist about baseball.
0: What I didn't know was that Perry was in the bullpen in the 1962 Giants drive. You know, they, they were very close to not getting into the 1962 World Series. It took a very sloppy ninth inning, truthfully, by the Dodgers defense to, to put the Giants into that World Series, and what Pitching Perry did was out of the bullpen. Their bulwarks, as you mentioned, were one Marischal and somebody named Jack Sanford, who isn't as well remembered nowadays, but he was a 23 game winner that year, and he dueled Ralph Carey a couple of beauties in that World Series.
1: Well, I am, uh, you know, it all runs together. I've got a Jack Sanford warm up jacket from the nineteen sixty from nineteen fifty eight plus. They moved out here and um I have it hanging on my wall. Um Jack Sanford came from the Phillies originally and um either he came from the phillies or he went to the phillies afterwards but um he was a terrific pitcher and what you mentioned the bullpen the giants bullpen in 1962 had a, had one of my favorite all-time ball players bobby bowen as as a relief pitcher and the reason as as a kid um the New York football giants had a bookie Bolin on the, their team. So I rooted for Bobby Bolin. <laughs> uh, it's a crazy world of being a fan. I, I think you'll agree. And Gaylord had a brother that pitched in the majors. Jim Perry was very effective. Um, He pitched with the Twins. I think he might have pitched with the Indians for a while. Um, So that brother tandem uh, sticks out in a lot of old fans' memory.
0: One funny story about Perry, as far as his hitting, such as it was, was concerned. Uh, The Giants' Walter Alston manager, the Dodgers, that is, manager Walter Alston, supposedly said, The day Gaylord Perry hits a home run, a man is going to walk on the moon. And darned if he wasn't right. Perry hit that home run on July 20th, 1969, not all that long before Neil Armstrong walked on the moon.
1: And uh, let me correct you, if I might, uh, just for... Uh, baseball history, it was Alvin Dock who said that. Alvin was the manager of, um, of the Giants. They called him the Swamp Rat because when um, Maury Wills was stealing all those bases, um, Doc would have the grounds crew muddy up the path. Between first and second, he was a very, very smart guy. You, you could do a, a show on, on Alvin Dark four times a week and not run out of, out of things to say. He was uh, also the shortstop in that 1951 team that I first followed as a young kid um, rooting for the Giants.
0: And I know Gaylord Perry won his Cy Young with the Indians in 1972. And, you know, I'd actually forgotten he was with the Padres. And he was edging 40 when he got that second Cy Young Award. A lot of older folks had to be smiling when he got that award.
1: And in those days, it was very unusual to pitch uh, much past 35. Um, so he was a workhorse and, uh, he'll be remembered for a long time.
0: And he's one of the rare 300 game winners. He won his 300th with the Mariners when he was facing the Yankees on the baseball lifer podcast with Ralph Tycho And, you know, we only have one pitcher that I can think of who's, likely to do the kind of things that Perry had done and last as long as he has. And that's Justin Verlander. I can't see Max Scherster holding out that much more years, but I think Verlander might have a couple more years in him.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, Whether he gets to 300 or not is, uh, inconsequential because times have changed and pitches don't stay in the game long enough uh to rack up the wins um we're in an age of uh the relief pitcher rarely does a pitcher pitch 200 innings a year and um so we're in different times um we had some great pitches back then and we really have some great pitches today uh you mentioned scherzer I'm, a, I'm still a Mets fan. Uh, there's a question whether or not Degrom Grom will uh, sign with them again. And there's also a question in baseball whether or not Aaron Judge will re-sign with the Yankees. So um, it's going to be an interesting winter. Nothing's been done so far in terms of signings. But the way it works uh, historically is when that first sign um, is uh, announced, it kind of breaks the, the, the bubble a little bit. And uh, you'll see a rash of signings sign um, as the result of that.
0: Last question for Ralph Tycho on the Baseball Lifer podcast. As you mentioned earlier, times have changed. The day of the 300-game winner appears to be gone. The day of the 20-game winner appears to be gone. Pitchers don't pitch nine innings. Even if they've got a no-hitter in the works, they don't pitch nine innings. What do you think will be the way that we value pitchers going forward, since it won't be the great stamina records. What will we be looking for in our pictures in the next, you know, 10, 20 years?
1: Well, it seems to me that reputations are built nowadays in the playoffs and the World Series, and there are enough games that you can um, go to, enough ga- games in the af- aftermath of the season that you could go to and um, and judge, you know it, back in my day, there were no playoffs, just the World Series. So guys got a reputation for being really great or not so great based on the World Series uh production but now it's much more than that it's extended playoffs and um de for instance did not do very well in the playoffs neither did scherzer so how they're judged um uh, based on that um remains to be seen
0: and what's funny is if you think about it if you hear the name don larson instantly you remember 1956, game five, perfect game, only perfect game ever pitched in a World Series. You have to dig deeper to find out that uh, Don Larson was a pretty average pitcher to say the best for him.
1: Absolutely. And uh, you talk about Don Larson in 1962, along with Gaylord Perry and Bobby Bolin, Don Larson pitched in the giant bullpen.
0: We've been talking to Ralph Tycho on the Baseball Lifer podcast, talking about Gaylord Perry, who passed on earlier today, Thursday, the 1st of December. Ralph, thank you for joining me. Hope you join me again sometime.
1: I hope to, and thank you for inviting me. It was really fun, Don.
0: One last anecdote I'll leave you with on the Baseball Lifer podcast is one much Shropshire wrote in his book, Seasons in Hell, about the Texas Rangers in the early years of their existence. And they had Gabriel Perry. I mentioned earlier he'd been traded by the Indians to Texas. And according to the author, Shropshire, someone had come to Gabriel Perry at his farm in North Carolina and done a survey and told him that the land he owned would be just right for growing marijuana. Well, according to the book, Perry asked that man to leave, never grew marijuana, strictly farmed regular tobacco and peanuts. So we've been talking about Gaylord Perry after he passed away yesterday at age 84, baseball hall of famer. If you've got a topic you'd like me to talk about on the Baseball Lifer podcast, you can email me at BaseballLifer74 at gmail.com. Again, that is BaseballLifer74 at gmail.com. See you next Friday on the Baseball Lifer podcast. This is Don Wardlow. Have a good week.